Hi, my name is John Gonzalez, and welcome to the Fitness Oracle. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about the secret of how to drop 10 to 15 pounds and keep it off with complete ease. I've created a free three-part video series for you that explains what the three biggest mistakes people make when they're working out and limits them to the results that they're going after. I am also going to help you get all the details about how you can immediately sign up to the 21-Day Caveman Challenge, which is a do-it-for-you workout program. This has been developed by me for over 11 years of my experience as a professional personal trainer. So go ahead, put in your name and your primary email address, click the link in the show notes below right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Todd Jason from Man for Man. After being a living witness to the tragedy in Manhattan back in September 11th, 2001, he left, the, he left a secure and profitable position at a major online company to explore a different technology himself. Over the past 17 years, he's learned, he's learned, interviewed, consulted, partnered, and collaborated with giants of the personal development world with the likes of Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Eben Pagan, John McKay, Tammy Simon, and much, much more. Since 2012, he's instigated uh, the Worldwide Tipping Point Global Summit and in 2014, he co-created the Superhuman Operating System with legendary in integral philosopher Ken Wilber, that is an on which, which is an online course that has reached over a million people. In 2016, he co-founded the Amplified, a meditation platform that empowers people to practice mindfulness in a community. He now runs Man for Man, which is which has been created by his extensive experience over the past 20 years of his own experience and helping men become better versions of themselves. This platform is a natural expression of his ability to streamline timeless wisdom into useful day-to-day -day practices that generate tangible results. Todd, welcome to the show. What's up, brother? That, that's some intro. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm happy to have you on. Um, how was your hike yesterday? It was amazing. Thank you. You know, I told you, uh, John and I are supposed to do this interview yesterday, um, but we're just in this flexible, iterative process of being human. And, you know, my wife and I have a three-year-old and we had an offer to have um, somebody help to give us a day off where we could go be by ourselves. And I called John and said, look, I need to self-care, brother. I, I need to see if I can do this hike. Can we reschedule? And so... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it was amazing to be out there and just have a good walk with my wife. So thank That's you. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm flexible with this stuff too. So I'm more than happy to help uh, to facilitate this stuff. Um, in a recent, in a recent, in a very recent YouTube video, you talked about the six new laws for modern men. Mm -hmm. What are they? 
Yeah. Um, well, that's a, that's a really good question, Don. Um, you know, number one, uh, th just to kind of take a step back, you kind of gave a big, you know, bio there. Um, I think one of the most important things to understand about where I'm at right now is taking a stand for this man for man platform. And what that is, is you mentioned that I've been doing this kind of work, personal growth and development for 20 years. It's true. It's, it's been a weird and interesting path that was unexpected for me. And yes, being there in New York 9-11 um, was something that kind of led me down this path, you know, uh, in, an, in an unexpected and, you know, to be honest, quite painful way. Um, but uh, I wouldn't take any of it back, of course. Um, and where I'm at right now, just, just to get a very present moment, is in the realization that guys, men, um, also need development and growth and help, but we're living in a paradigm and a culture which doesn't make it easy for us to kind of put up our hands and say, you know what, I need some help. I need some mentorship. And one of the big things that we are dealing with uh, is a, uh, a paradigm by which, you know, guys are by themselves and what I call kind of the lone wolf syndrome uh, where we are, um, you know, not uh, kind of really, really connected, you know, with each other. And so that's one of the main things that we're really trying to accomplish is this environment, this platform, we're guides from all over the world in different types of circumstances. But the one thing that we share is this um, yearning to be better, to do better, right? And so the guys that come into our platform just kind of poke up their hand and like, you know what? I could be a better man. I could do better. And just within that, you know, it opens up a whole new doorway of possibility for brothers, for guys to say, you know what? How do I get better? And what's really interesting about it, John, is that uh, as men, we have a long history of coming together as brothers, as men, as communities to help each other get to newer and better levels in our lives. It's, it's embedded in our historical narrative as men to be able to do that. And for whatever reason, the modern world has really cut us off from that which works. And, and it's at a very deep and foundational level that we know it works. And so with all that introduction and the work that I've done and these big people that I've worked with, it's all been great. But 99% of the people that were a part of the curriculums that I've helped develop, which probably has reached over 10 million people, um, were, were women. You know, to be honest, it was mostly women. So what we're doing now is actually creating a platform and environment by which men can come together and grow. And it isn't universal in terms of what every, every man wants the exact same life. We all want different things. And that's cool because, you know, we're all unique individuals. But there are some things that, um, that we do share, the common values, a common ground of kind of e evolved masculinity. And so when I did that video, uh, and I've trained thousands and thousands of guys over the years on the process that I put forth on the curriculum and everything that I do, when I did that video, it was an attempt to kind of put together these laws, you know, Sarah, like, what are the, what are, what's another framework that talks about the common ground um, by which a man or men can come in and say, right, well, how can I work within this to actually achieve my goals? Okay, does that make sense? So that's what I was really trying to do when I did that video. I was like, all right, what are six laws? What are six kind of foundational tenets by which we can all resonate with? So I'm gonna go through them. I just wanted to give you a little background on it so it was clear. Um, the first is learning to play the long game. Okay, and by the long game, you know, I think we are we have been living in a culture where we're constantly playing the short game, right? Like the stress, anxiety, 
tension, depression, sadness, uh, isolation that we feel is very felt. Like we wake up in the morning with a pit in our stomach, right? And we're literally just trying to, for the most part, fight our way through our days uh, uh, and just kind of become better. And the reason why that's so stressful is that we're not playing within a longer term lens. Okay, and what's really been missing for us as modern men is focus on the bigger picture. What is it that we really want? So what, and you know this, Sean, because you've been in my programs. You're in my program right now, right? I believe. Yep. And the, the biggest thing that I push here is getting out of the short term, okay, and actually just looking at the long term. And what I like to say to my brothers is this look, we're all not going to be here at some point. You know, if you, Try to think about your great, 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 great grandparents. Okay. Like they had lives, they had kids, they had careers, they had ups and their downs and health issues and wins and losses, but no one knows who they are. Right. They lived two, 300 years ago, but we're in the same boat. Okay. We're in the same boat right now, but we're live. So we can take advantage of that awareness and start playing the long game. Okay. By asking ourselves questions that are the most important. What do we really want? In this life, this finite life of Todd, that finite life of John is impermanent. We're not going to be here forever. So let's play the long game. It's a foundational piece. So that's number one. Number two is this notion of taking care of oneself first and foremost. And I like to equate this to what we hear on airplanes, you know, when they give the instructions about, you know, the thing coming down, you know, the air pressure thing coming down. And they always say this, and I used to get confused by it, but they always say, make sure that you put you know, that air thing on yourself first before you can help anyone else, including elderly or kids. And I was like, man, that's really selfish. Of course, I'm going to put this on my kid first. But the, the realization is true that we can't help other people unless we help ourselves first, unless we're healthy and thriving. And actually, really understanding that is key because when we're going out there to create a better world, right, and do work in the world that's meaningful and that has contribution to it, we are more apt and equipped to do that when we are, are nourished, when we are feeling on fire, when our lives are like really, really rocking, okay? So that's the second tenet, that we must take care of ourselves. And for many men, that's a foundational thing because we don't know how to, or we've ever asked ourselves, what do we need to really thrive? Number three, right? And this is a deeper one, but cultivating the ability to stay balanced amid tension. Right? Because we so easily get swayed by things in our lives, stresses, situations happen. They could be things in our personal lives or things on the greater scale. I mean, look at the news, right? How easy is it to look at these major news networks and get really down around what's happening in the world? Okay. And does that affect us? Of course it does, right? And we, we literally can go into these mood swings based on things that have nothing to do with us personally. Or we are so easily affected by things that are happening. Oh, I didn't get the job. You know, I'm 20 pounds overweight. You know, my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm not saying these are little things, but the tenant here, the law, is the ability to kind of stay centered and aware in the body and just observe the unfolding of your lives without getting too lost in it. Okay, and that is real work. I'm not saying that is like easy, okay? But it is something that is a mark of a great man the ability to remain in that centered, noble place without reacting too strongly one way or the other. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, really beautiful, beautiful universal law. And that's to nurture the freedom in others that you want for yourself, right? 
So I talked before about taking care of yourself first and foremost. This one actually feels a little opposite. Like, all right, well, you know, nurturing freedom in others that you want for yourself. And it's important to understand that opposites can also be true, right? It can also all hold value in them. And on this one, we're talking about this idea that do you want more freedom, more abundance? Do you want greater health, greater vitality, greater energy levels? Well, let's look at it differently. Start providing those things for other people. Start making sure that the people in your circles, particularly your closest circles, are on fire and nourished and abundant, okay? Because the world, as we learn, as we develop more and more, is really just a reflection of what's going on inner, inside ourselves. So when we're providing and helping and giving abundance and joy and happiness to the external world, we start experiencing more of that, okay, on the inside. So that's a big one, guys. Like really starting to think about how you show up in the world, you know, in terms of this very giving, nurturing, loving, kind way will help you get that back. Okay, really, really important. Number five, right? Doing the necessary work to integrate all the self-limiting thoughts, right? And that's why most of you are on here watching John, watching someone like me saying, man, like, this is all good, but I got a lot of anxiety. I got a lot of fear. I got a lot of doubt. I am imbued with these negative feelings, okay? And in most personal growth and development programs in the world, that's what they're dealing with. Mindset, changing your mindset, changing your attitude, easier said than done, okay? And there's ways to do it that are more effective than just tackling the negative. Because if you just do that by itself, it's very hard just to uproot and shift negativity. It really is. There's gotta be leverage points that you give yourself to actually pull yourself to transformation or change, okay? But I had to put that in here because we do need to address the disease of negativity that we are all experiencing. And then the last one, and this is big, is killing the lone wolf syndrome, right? I mean, if you're sitting there watching this, chances are you know what I'm talking about. We have become so goddamn isolated, especially as men in our modern world. We do not do a good job of connecting, of finding community. Sure, we may have friends, we may have partners, wives, whatever, kids, but I'm talking about community where we can really share what's going on, like really connect and hear other men, hear what they're going through. There's such healing in that, all right? So really combating the lone wolf. So those are the six. Sorry for the long answer, but it was a big question. Uh, no, that's okay. That was perfect. Um, we're actually going to go into a little bit more detail with uh, your programs because you have actually built a phenomenal community that I am personally a part of and I don't see myself getting out of because it's just so powerful. But before we get into that, let's go back to September 11th, 2001. When you saw, I don't know if you saw the planes hit the Twin Towers, but I know you were you were running away from the Twin Towers as they were coming down. What was going through your head at that moment in time? Yeah, I mean, look, brother, I mean, um, I'm 20 years removed from that experience. Um, and it, it was a huge thing to experience for all of us, you know, for anyone that was alive during that, that time. To be there uh, was uh, very unique. It's actually, you know, in some ways, it's hard for me to reconnect with that feeling of it. But I can tell you what the, what happened was, you know, I, I was living in a loft apartment in downtown Manhattan, probably, you know, an eighth to a quarter of a mile away from the World Trade Center. Like I had 
bought that apartment at an early age because I, I went through that first internet bubble. So I was like in this very like living life large, you know, at a young age, to be honest, you know, and um, I was late for work that day and I was lying in bed. It was like nine something. And, uh, and the, the biggest benefit of that apartment was I had an unobstructed view of the World Trade Center. I mean, like you look at this huge bay windows and it was just like the big 11 right in front of me, you know, um, and I heard something, you know, I was lying in bed and I heard, it sounded like a firecracker. It was like, and then stopped and then, you know, I'm like lying in bed. I'm like, that sounds weird. And so I, I ran down the stairs, I had a spiral staircase in the loft and I ran down to turn on Howard Stern on the radio. I didn't think to look out the window, but I thought a plane hit a building. That's what it sounded like. So I turned on Howard Stern. He, oh my God, the World Trade Center got hit. No. And then I look out the window and that's where I saw. Okay, the first plane hit. And then it was just mayhem from there. My girlfriend at the time came over to my house. Um, like it was just, we didn't know what to do, you know? And then, you know, watching out the window, the second plane from my angle, it looked like it was coming in slow motion. And I was like, what is that? You know, and then it was the second plane that hit and then boom, explosion. And just watching it, you know, like in front of my eye, like you, you, almost, you almost can't believe what you're seeing. Like what? And then this is an attack. This is a terrorist attack. Like I'm, my own life is at stake now because I'm very close. And like, I'm really blowing up at all the buildings in New York. I have no idea what's going on. My, my uh, girlfriend at the time came over um, and she, I'll tell you this, John, the, the moment that the biggest moment at all was the moment that that first building fell down. Because in that moment, I remember you're we like, holy crap, this is crazy. And just thinking, well, how, are the, how many people died? How are they going to get those people out of there? But I wasn't thinking the buildings were falling. And then all of a sudden, you saw the top of the building, like a cupcake top, just kind of slid off the edge and then boom, and then smoke started to billow. And what happened in that moment was my girlfriend at the time basically had a nervous breakdown. You know, she lost it. And it actually kept me sober. I actually had to physically restrain her and tell her we had to get out of the building. You know, I almost, I almost had to like shake her because she lost it. You know, we just saw a thousand people die in front of our face, like very close to us. So, um, and that's when we had to get out of the house. And, and then we started to go down towards the building to help, but the smoke was coming. And so we, we literally started to run away and then we were caught in the chaos of running away from, from the whole thing. And then the rest of the day unfolded, the second building fell and all that. So that's what it was like for me being in New York at the time. Wow. Um, I remember personally when that, when, when, with that day, like I had just gotten home from work, I was working uh, nights as a security guard and my, my dad actually called me and he's like, uh, the twin towers fell in New York. I'm like, yeah, right. Come on. I just got home. I just want to sleep. Because <laughs> turn on the TV. I turn on the TV. I turn on. Uh, just happened to have it on CNN. And I'm like the Twin Towers. A plane just crashed into the Twin Towers. I'm like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> so just after you recalibrated and everything, what kind of feelings did you have? Did you go into like, like any destructive feelings at the time? In that day. Or that like day. That day. Well, that day, it was actually, it was very beautiful. I mean, unfortunately, you know, for anyone that was in New York at the time, it was a very beautiful, it was a perfect day. It was like this, 
I mean, the sunshine, it was, it was just like this remarkable, beautiful day. And everyone in the city was out and no one knew what to do. No one knew what was going on. So like, you're, yeah, I gathered with all my friends on 14th street, in my buddy's apartment. And then we wanted to go down and give blood, you know, and all these rumors are coming in and, you know, we didn't know what to do, you know? So that day there wasn't much to be honest in terms of fear or this or that it was more shock and, you know, what do we do? Do I, I couldn't go back to my apartment. Where do I go? My, my girlfriend at the time and I end up going up to my parents' house who weren't at home. And we ended up staying there for a few weeks. They were stuck uh, somewhere in Europe, actually. And my parents were in Europe. They couldn't get in touch with me. You know, they thought I might've died. Uh, so, so, you know, it was, a, it was a, that day, not much, you know, just more like self-preservation, shock. Um, you know, the, the real repercussions of that event kind of took a couple, a year or two to unfold for me. You know, it was very impactful on my life. Uh, and for most people that really experienced that, a lot of my friends died. And, you know, it was just a lot of stuff that happened with that. But that day, not much. Okay, cool. Um, what actually was the trigger for you to leave such a lucrative position in a internet behemoth that you were working for to start working on yourself? Well, yeah, I think it was 9-11. I mean, so I was already interested in growth and self-reflection to an extent. Um, but, you know, I think it was the, the massive amount of fear and anxiety and depression that I felt in the year or so after 9-11, where I was just asking myself, like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, I realized I wasn't happy, you know, like, I was like, what am I, like, what path am I on? You know, like, yeah, like I had bought an apartment at a young age, you know, in Manhattan. That's like huge. So I had experienced the success, but it wasn't fulfilling. I, I was living this very topical lifestyle that looked amazing from the outside, but uh, it was forcing me, 9-11 kind of forced me to ask the bigger question about, well, what am I? Who am I? What am I doing? And then my, uh, <clears throat> my sister, who I'm very close with, she's six years older, one of her best friends, you know, who's someone I really love uh, and kind of like kind of definitely on the evolutionary path, you know, of growth and all this. And she had um, taken this three-day course called the Landmark Forum. Some of you might have heard of the Landmark Forum. It's kind of a, you know, millions and millions of people have gone through this thing at this point, but it was 2002 for me. And uh, it was like this three-day retreat, you know, it was like this weird thing. And Landmark's got a lot of problems with it. But it was, for me, it's like, I went, I went and, uh, you know, I sat in this room for three days and I just, you know, with 120 people going through this pro their, their landmark process. Um, and, you know, it was that first like, like real deep growth experience for me where I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot more here. And I started to really feel better. And then I started to make different decisions. You know, I went and I got certified in holistic health. I went through this nine month program right after, I'm like, well, I got to do that. And then I just started saying yes to what I really wanted to do. Um, yes, yes, yes. And really for me, I was always attracted to this conversation of growth, development, um, how to become the best version, human potential, who am I? Um, I, I, you know, I've done at this point, 20 years later, I don't know how many things, brother, but it's crazy, like the things that I've experimented with and tried um, to get behind some of the patterning that has me limited. So a lot of it has been, yes, I turned it into a career, but it's been good because it's also been my own, I've also been a student. 
uh, always, still to this day, I'm always going to be a student of this stuff. I am in an accelerated process right now as we're speaking. It's just a very different place than I've been in the past. So, you know, the unfolding, the growth is this like never ending cycle that we're in. The question is just how much are we saying yes to it? So I started the yes back then and it's slowly but surely, you know, moves along on its own path, you know, different things, different moments, different experiences, you know, it's not just like glorious thing. It's hard actually to ask yourself these questions. You have bad moments, you know, you, you reach these, these experiences that suck. Like I filed bankruptcy in 2006. Yeah. I mean, like all these things happen along the way that were like terrible, you know, but I was always like, all right, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. Cause there's something more here. There's something more here. Um, so that's kind of how I've been holding it. That's cool. Uh, it's funny that you say that um, even in martial arts, no matter how much of a top-notch instructor that you are in martial arts, you always need to be a student. Yeah. You always need to keep growing and being a part of a community and everything. Um, you have you have quite a resume when it comes to the people that you have studied under and interviewed and touched, uh, been, been a part of. What was that one single moment when you realized that this is what you need to do? This was your calling. Hmm. Oh, okay. I got one. Uh, and actually it's an interesting thing because it was one that ended up being a monumental failure, but led me in the right direction, you know? Uh, and I think that's one of the things that you find, like, you know, the, and you know, this through my programs, the way I look at it is growth is like this up and down roller coaster ride, you know, but in general, it's going up, you're, you're getting better, you're, you're improving, but the little ups and downs can be brutal. Um, and so the, the thing that I'm going to share is, um, and I'd started a blog at some point, uh, it was called We The Change. And I had so much fun with that blog. This is like 2004. This is like when blogging was like brand new, you know, it was like the wild west. And I was writing you know, like all this stuff around development and growth and health, whatever, and all this stuff. And um, I was meeting all these people and I was having all these experiences because I was saying yes. And I was just, you know, all this new stuff was happening. And then somebody along the way had sent this link to a movie documentary that was being made at the time. It was just a three minute trailer and sent it to me. It's called the shift, the shift movie and sent me the trailer. And I was sitting in a Starbucks, I'll never forget. And I was like, this girl was next to me. And I started watching this trailer and I just started crying. I was like, holy shit. That's, that's what I want to do. Like, this is the narrative. This is the story. This is who I am. I need to work on this movie actually. She's like, what's wrong? And the girl next to me, I'm like, no, no, nothing. Like, actually, watch this. She watched it. She was crying. It was, you know, it was very, it was this amazing trailer. I got in touch with the producer, the creator of that movie. I mean, literally, like, things happened fast. She was in Brooklyn, like, two weeks later, heading to Costa Rica to film um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, and I ended up going along with them, you know, and I, then I started traveling around the world with this crew making this movie. Um, I raised a bunch of money for it. I had a reader of my blog, check this out. Okay, not to get in all these different asides, but I had a reader of my blog, this older guy, he was like probably 50. That's almost what I am now, but back then that was old for me. But you know, he was like 50 and he like loved what I was doing. And he called me up and he interviewed me like you are right now. And he said to me, you know, I just love what you're doing. Like, I love what you stand for. Like, I happen to have $100,000 that I just, you know, want to put somewhere investing because I just did this real estate deal. Can I invest in you? Like if I were to invest in you, what would that look like? 
And I was just so in it at the moment. I'm like, well, I'm working on this movie, you know, I'm going down, I'm child. it's called The Shift, it's huge, you know, and, and he ended up putting the money into the movie. Um, so I raised money for it. So yeah, I, I think that was the moment where I knew that I could have a career here. Actually, when I went down on that first trip and I went down to this thing that Deepak Chopra was doing in Costa Rica called the Alliance for New Humanity, I had no idea that there are so many people doing this work of transformation and growth and change. It, it was like, I was just doing it myself. I was like, holy cow, like there's like amazing people here who like write books and speak and like do all this stuff. And it's actually a career. It was like this like, like revealing thing that I could do this for a living. So I think that was the moment, that movie, that Deepak meeting that I went as a representative of the Shift movie at the time was like, oh my God. And then from there, I never looked back. I just always found a way to work in this field as opposed to chasing money, working in the internet, digital marketing. I had job offers at Google when I, like a long time ago. I mean, like I, I could have, you know, stayed in that world and, and made a lot of money and done very well. And sometimes people are like, man, like, do you ever regret it? I'm like, not one second. Like, I'm so happy about who I am and what I'm doing. And it's all perfect the way that it is. So awesome. Yeah. Have you ever felt like quitting? No, no. I mean, I've been fortunate to the extent of I'm really good at taking care of myself. So I've taken time off when I've needed to, to rejuvenate. So there's probably been moments along the way where, yes, I, I felt like quitting, but it was always a short-term quit where I'd always come back. Or maybe I experienced a big failure. I've had several failures along the way, John. Uh, and And I think that's, that's a big part to it. The biggest failure that I had along the way, right? And so you talk about my own ups and downs. Um, so a lot of it was good. I, I met a lot of amazing people. I worked with a lot of amazing people, all good. And then in 2015, I had the, the idea to create a meditation application where the idea was to actually create a platform by which people could meditate together in community. And I had this idea of a big globe. It was called the Amplifield. And it was this amazing thing. And, and then I, I had this narrative that I was like the guy living in San Francisco at the time where I was involved in the tech community, the startup community, but I was also involved in the spiritual development community. And I was the right guy to bring this thing into the world, right? And I went out, I raised a bunch of money, $800,000, okay? And I built a team and I started building this platform and, you know, without getting to all the reasons why, I just didn't get it done. I ran out of money. It was, a, it was a big failure and tremendous learning, really painful brother. Like, you know, that, that failure was going down right as I was bringing my first kid in the world. You know, I mean, it was like, I was terrified. I was out of money personally. I had like run out of money, like with all this, I invested all my time into this thing. And I was in a situation where I was really questioning everything. Like, who am I? What am I doing? How could this not work? I was angry. I was frustrated. Did I feel like quitting? No, but I was really upset, you know? And I, I just don't think I had asked myself that way because this is what I am. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, I'm clear. I will be doing this kind of work until the day I die. There's no retirement for me. And what, maybe there's a different stage where I'm mentoring and, you know, in different ways later on, I don't know, where I'm not creating as much, but, um, but yeah, this is never a quit. You know, it's very connected to a, an overall purpose and way of orienting to the world. 
But there's, so there's been tough moments, but not like, oh, I'm out kind of thing. I think that's important uh, that most people have to understand, like, this is not my first rodeo with this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I've had, this is VO Fitness 3.0 for me. Yeah. And it's brought me to the bank, uh, brink of bankruptcy twice. And I still got back on the horse and I brought it back. Yeah, brother. It's, it just feels right for me. You know, it just, it, it just, this is my work. Love it. I mean, that's it right there. Right. And like, look, like taking a stand like that is amazing, you know, and it's also humbling because it's like, it also doesn't work all the time the way that you want, you know, then you got to learn a lot about business, you know, like, and ha- you know, all that other stuff comes into play. Well, how do I do it? You know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's just the journey. That's just the journey. Getting to the point where you really know who you are and what you want to do is huge, right? And I bet you a lot of the guys that are listening are like, well, I'm going to get to that place. I was there in my 20s. My whole thing was, I need to find out what I'm really supposed to do. This is before 9-11. I was frustrated. Yeah, I was working. I was making money. It looked good on paper. But it was like, who am I really? What do I really want to do? And if you're there, keep asking that question. And then when you find it and you really are certain that's also going to be an iterative process. It's not just perfect. It doesn't just unfold magically, right? Yep, exactly. Just different stages in, the, in, in different parts of the process. Yep. And here we are with you with Man for Man. So how did Man for Man come about? Because it's, yeah. it's an amazing platform. I'll Thank be honest you. with I mean, you. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I mean, it's, I mean, as you know, we're here in the beginning of 2021. Um, it's like a rocket ship right now in a really good way. Uh, and, and I feel blessed. The way that it started was like in 2018, I was sitting on that meditation app, you know, and I had built a pretty big following for it, but it was starting to get to the point where I knew I couldn't run the business. You know, I was like, yeah, it's not working. I just like had this impulse to like reach out to all the men on my list. And I was like, cause I was in men's groups. So I was really benefiting when I was living in San Francisco from being a part of physical men's groups. I was a part of two of them. And these men's groups, if you don't know, are just like, you know, every one of them was every week. One of them was every two weeks where you get together with a group of guys and actually have like a circle and just like discuss things, you know, like, and, and they can have all different formats and stuff like that. But just in general, I was, I was involved living in San Francisco in these men's groups. And I found tremendous value from it. It felt like, I was a part of this little team and I knew these guys and they knew me and like, you know, I was in them for years. And so I was like, well, maybe I can like start some men's groups online. You know, maybe I got this whole following, you know, let me, let me go out there. This is what I did. So I just like sent some emails out to my list targeting the guys. And I was just like setting up phone calls and I got on the phone with a bunch of guys. Most of them were younger, younger guys. The first one was like, everyone was in their twenties for some reason. And um, I was like, well, what if I ran like a, like, a tw- like at first, I was like, what if I ran like a 12-week program where for 12 weeks, we got on the phone and I ran you guys through a curriculum, right? And then like, everyone was like, yeah. And I charged them all like money, you know, like anywhere from $500 to $1,000. I'm like, you, you got to like, I want you to put your money, I want you to commit to this. I want you to pay for it. And like they did. You know, maybe I had 10 guys in that first one. So it's kind of interesting. I was like, wow, like I just got like 10 guys to pay me between $500 and $1,000. Like that's, that's something. And then I went out and uh, I ran these meetings and John, like running those first meetings, I did it like with three groups, very like 
without much structure was like one of the, I would come home from that, like feeling so on fire. Like, like really, I was like, oh, this is, it was so much better than I was building with the Amplifield. Cause I was dealing with technology stacks and developers. It was like I, what I was doing in the day to day had nothing to do with my skills or my interest here. I was like giving my advice and my best practices and coaching guys and hearing them and allowing them to coach each other. And so it was good, you know, and I, and I ran, I ran like a couple of groups like that, just kind of for fun, you know, on the side. And then life happened. And uh, my wife and I decided to move from San Francisco, Los Angeles. This is about two years ago. And we had a newborn baby, you know, our, our kid was like, you know, like a year. And the, the, the technology that I built wasn't working. And so I wanted to kind of build man for man then. I mean, I didn't even have a name for it, but I was like, maybe I should build this out. But the way that the universe works, I got contacted by yet another teacher, right? Because I've had this propensity, John, to do and run digital marketing programs for big organizations or teachers in my space. And I got contacted. It was, it was like this crazy thing. His name is Matt Kahn. He's a big spiritual teacher. He's a youngish guy. But he just had like, he has like, he had something going on and he heard about me and he's like, I need to talk to Todd. And a mutual friend connected us. And he calls me up and I'm not lying to you, John. The guy was like, I need you to work for me. What will it take? Him and his wife on the phone. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, in one sense, it was good timing because, you know, I was really at, a, you know, at a, at a low point financially, you know, I'd run out of money. I'm like, well, I'll do a contract with you. We did a contract for three months. I built his membership platform. It did over a million dollars in sales. Okay. We blew it up. And he was like, and this is right when I was moving to LA. He's like, what can we do for the next year? I want you on my team. Now at that point, I'm in a pretty good position, right? Because I had just in three months built this massive success for him. Uh, and uh, I basically could have written any ticket that I wanted, you know? And so I said, all right, well, let, let's do, let's do a deal. This will be a really good thing for me to do. Like, to transition and focus on getting my family situated and I'll run his marketing part of his company and help Matt become bigger. Um, and so I said yes to that. So I kind of ran, I, I went away from man for man for about a year to help Matt. Uh, and that was great. You know, it was a great relationship. I love Matt. I, you know, we helped to double or even triple his business, you know, in, in that year and it was successful. And then it ran its course and we both kind of looked at each other and we said, okay, I think it's time to kind of shake hands and go our separate ways, which felt right. And then um, I was just kind of sitting there January, February of 2020, ready to bring Man for Man back online. And that's when the pandemic hit. And then my mom also died. So I had a little bit of a delay in terms of bringing it back, um, you know, and so it really started again, John, in May of 2020. So at the time of this recording, Man for Man has only really been in existence for like seven months, eight months, maybe like in, in like formal fashion. And it's just been amazing what's happened. I mean, it's, and it's just, it's just going to skyrocket as you know, and hopefully you are a part of it and the work that you're doing as well. And we can talk about that too, but there is something really big right now around this men's work that we're all touching on and uh, we're just building something bigger together. So that's the story of it. Like it started a while back. I kind of went away from it for reasons. Now I'm back in it and it's just, this is it. Like this is really the the play that I'm taking right now, and it is a an amazing an amazing platform. I have to give you credit with for that. Like, uh, 
from the very first meeting, I'm like, this is where I belong. I belong with this group. I have to be part of it. So I'll pay whatever I'll pay. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting because of the way you facilitate st- things in Tuesday tribes, which we are going to get into in a little bit. Um, you have guys from all over the spectrum when it comes to politics and lifestyle and religion and this and that. How do you do it? How do you yeah. get them all on one space, on one place to be talking about themselves and being able not to push themselves to beat each other up. Yeah. Um, you can still hear me, right? I just want to make sure. Yeah. 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 I, I pressed the wrong you know, button. Yeah. It's a really, okay. So you, it's a really, really good question. And this, this has been part of the unexpected flow of it. Really what you're asking is, um, you know, for the guys that haven't been a part of this, one of the main things that we do is we run meetings. And right now there's Zoom meetings, right? Because we can't all come together. We'll come together, brother. We're going to meet and hug it out when we can. But, um, you know, we do, yeah, totally. We'll do these, we're doing these Zoom meetings. And it's been unbelievable because you're right. Like, it's actually been surprising to me. Like, you know, we're attracting just guys from all over the spectrum. You know, we have like gun-wielding, Trump-loving people, like, from all over the country. And then we'll have like very liberal, like people that live like in Marin County, you know, that don't have any plastic in their house, you know? I mean, like, just like, like really like all over the spectrum. And what's been so phenomenal is that we do these meetings and then part of the technologies will break guys out into smaller groups. So you've met a lot of men, right? Cause you, you'll be in a meeting and then you'll be, you'll get into a breakout. And when we do the live meetings, you'll be in different breakouts. That's how you know that guys come from different backgrounds. But we've been able to create a space where it's all okay, where it doesn't really matter what your orientation is, you know, from a political standpoint, a social standpoint, a cultural standpoint. There's something deeper that men are saying yes to by being on one of our calls or one of our programs. And what that yes is, is a, a yes to, I can do better, I can be better. And I'm open to ideas or community that can help me get there. And that we found is more foundational. It's below the beliefs in terms of politics, social, economic stuff. Okay, there's something deeper and more foundational around, you know, I can do better, I can be better. And so the environment that I create is, is there, it, it, it's there. And that's why you can go into a breakout with someone who has a completely different worldview than you. And for the most part, there's been, it's almost amazing. There's been almost zero violent communication or like fights or drama in it. It also speaks to like this wonderful power of men, just pure men to be able to come together and actually just be okay with other people having different beliefs and views. Like totally okay with, like I get it. But you know what, you also, you know, have ways that you want to get better and maybe I can help you. Or maybe we could talk about what Todd's talking about and, and, and really apply it to ourselves. So I, I think that's part of the magic and the, the lightning in a bottle that we've caught uh, is creating this environment where it's all okay um, because we're all saying yes to something deeper than our political or social affiliations. Uh, and that, that is very, very beautiful. That's, so that gives me hope. Okay, like that's why I think man for man, what we're doing this year will probably reach millions of people 
because there are millions of men out there who need this, whether they know it or not. Most of us do know it, but some people don't know it, right? You might've known it, like where you're at, you're like, yeah, I need, I need better community. You know, I've been doing this for a while. We'll, we'll get guys like you all the time. Like, yeah, let's go. We're going to come on in. A lot of the guys that you've met just kind of saw something on Facebook or a YouTube video. And was like, oh, what is this? You know, and then they kind of come in curious. That's also okay. That's also totally okay. Like, you know, as long as you're open, you know, to kind of looking at yourself, you know, from the outside, this is a place for you. You know, it's a place of non-judgment. And I'll tell you, the one rule that I have is around nonviolence, you know, nonviolent communication. This is not a place to share, well, my views are better and right, more right than yours. That, that's just not okay here. That's just not what this is about. And if that's where a man wants to orient, that's fine. That's just not this platform, okay? And for whatever reason, just that pure mission that lives within me attracts people that get it. it they, they, everyone that comes on here, I've had to have that conversation. I haven't had that conversation once. We've had 2000 people in our live calls. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how it's happened. So yeah, there's something really special about that. And the only way that I can try to name it is by that, you know, uh, and maybe there's something that I don't know why it's working, but that's the best that I can give. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, uh, when I, like I said, like from that very first call that I was on for the Tuesday tribes, I was like, Oh wow. This is, this is something special here. This is something really special. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Of course. Uh, What is the biggest problem that you see facing men today? Isolation. Um, I, I think that we're living in a culture that makes it very hard for a man to realize how isolated he is. Um, we're living in a culture that makes it very hard for men in our world to find community, find proper outlets for their own growth. And actually even for some men to just be able to admit, you know, and just say, you know what? Yeah. Like I need to get better and okay. Like it's in some ways it's been fighting an uphill battle for us just to be able to be vulnerable enough, even with ourselves to say, I need help. You know, I need to do better. You know, and I think there's a lot of stigma that comes with it, you know, like, oh, we're weak, we got to plow through it, you know, or that's not manly, you know, that's not cool. And we got to kind of plow through that, you know, like there's, there's all these narratives around masculinity that we tend to have this idea that we take it all in and we just have to deal with it. Now, the result of that is a culture where addictions and compulsions are preeminent, right? Basically, you're talking about, you know, games, porn, you know, uh, on, scrolling online, alcohol, cannabis, drugs, you know. Um, I mean, we are in a culture where men have all sorts of coping mechanisms that are the norm. You know, we are not healthy, vibrant, like creatures, you know, we are not living to the best of our ability. And pretty much nowhere is there a rope that's being handed saying, well, you know what, let's, let's help get you out of that. And that's what man for man is. It's kind of like a little bit of a rope saying, you know what, it's okay. Let's, let's deal with this, you know, and there's a process here and a structure that we give. And there's a community that we have of guys are saying yes. And my experience of, of men is when they come in, it's kind of like what you're sharing, but for a lot of guys, it's like this huge sense of relief. Like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, it's all right. Like, even for me, you know, like this is also my own process because I have a wife and I have friends and stuff, but I don't talk. I get more intimate with you guys. 
you guys know more about me than my wife does in some ways. I'm freaking dead serious because I'll share stories here with you guys about me and my wife might well, hear the video. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know that. And that's fine. You know, she doesn't have to know everything, right? Um, but, but, you know, there, there's something around like groups of guys coming together, like sitting around a fire, you know, to really talk about stuff, you know, and that, that's the environment. So I think that's the biggest obstacle. You know, we are living in a culture that has really not made it okay for guys to do what's most natural for us, which is to find informed community and grow together. We have a long and rich history of, of doing that successfully. It's just been taken away from us, but you know what? We're bringing it back, right? Like we're bringing it back in a very, very clear way. And, and that is just what will continue to grow this thing. Not me. It's not me. You know, it's like, it's me and you and everyone else. That's a representation of this movement. It isn't me. You know, we're just, we're just naming something that needs to exist. Right. Uh, do you think that this is like a false sense of isolation that men are experiencing? Because I know for a fact from my past, I've experienced that isolation. And I, I think isolation is real. I don't think it's false. I think it's a real isolation. I think it's a very real isolation. I don't think it's false. I just think, you know, look, I'm not somebody, you know, I talk a lot about this. There's, there's a difference between healing work and transformational work. Okay. And I want to describe this because this is important. You know, healing, which I've done a lot of in my life, is this mindset or modality of a man, like I have ways of being, I have patterns, I have habits, behaviors that all come from past traumas, things that happened in childhood, you know, like things that happen in life circumstances. And a lot of healing work is focused on understanding what happened in the past so we can bring it up now and heal it be aware of it. So that way we can make different decisions moving forward. Okay. We do a lot of healing work in man for man, but actually the bigger focus is on transformation. And I think the part of what resonates so deeply with the brothers is that we are all in this present moment. And regardless of what's happened in the past, we can right now actually just hold that with some lightness and say, well, what do I want to create going forward? Like, what is it regardless of what happened in the past? I'm not saying there's no need for healing, but what can we do now going forward? Okay. So when we look at isolation, which is a big issue, I don't need to sit there and have everyone ponder, you know, all the different ways that they're isolated or why it's happened or what their specific ways of being isolated or harmful. I could do that and it could be revealing, but actually, you know what? Isolation freaking exists. We all know it. We all know that experience. So let's just deal with it. Let's de-isolate ourselves by de-isolating ourselves. You know, we don't have to overthink it. I think a lot of times in growth, there's a lot of overthinking. Okay. And I say that with sensitivity because sometimes it's very delicate. You know, when there's really things that are, you know, we've had guys that have been, you know, talking about taking their own life at times. You know, I mean, like, you know, this goes deep. There's guys in all different situations. So we have to hold that with, um, with reality. Okay. But at the same time, like the call here is like, no, we're okay. We're okay. We're here now. What do we want? And I think that's important because in a lot of healing circles, we forget about creating excitement. What would it be like to not be isolated? What would it be like to be living our purpose and our passion? What would it actually be like to be making the kind of money and having the kind of job and career that we want? What would it be like, right? Yeah. Like that is exciting. 
that excitement is not just some fun little thing. It's actually a lot of what we're uh, tending to in Man for Man in our programs, like really getting you clear on what makes you excited. You need that because that pulls you further. It's happy. It's joyful. And all the healing that needs to happen is leverage. It's leveraged into kind of like excitement. So that's why I think we're also having an effect curriculum-wise because we are instigating the spark, this excitement, this energy, this vitality that's also been missing. Instead of having to be this heavy, I need to heal, I need to deal with this addiction, I need to deal with that, absolutely. But let's also have that be tethered with the exciting part of this experience and what the future can look like in the ideal version. Yeah, and uh, a big part of that is community. And uh, we've been harping on this for the better part of this episode uh, with Tuesday Tribes. So let's get a little bit into it. What is Tuesday Tribes? Well, I want to talk about it also from the standpoint of uh, total transparency that, um, you know, the specific outlets of man for man are, are, are changing and evolving. You know, this is very alive right now, right? So um, when you talk about Tuesday Tribes, what you're referencing right now is a weekly meeting that I run with all of the men in our brotherhood where we do certain things. The core of it will be uh, talking about certain perspectives on growth, like what I just shared. Like that last answer I gave could be a topic on Tuesday Tribes, right? Where I'll talk about that, you know, and then we'll go into small breakout groups and I'll have you guys <coughs> workshop it with two or three other guys in a breakout session, right? So the technology of Tuesday Tribes is we come together for a purpose, okay, that I'll usually lead, not always, but usually. And then we use the technology of community and the breakout sessions on Zoom to actually mind map it and work it. And a lot of the training is around, you know, like being okay with using your voice, you know, to share, but also listening to other guys. There's, there's like this tremendous value of listening to other men and actually helping them, right? So that's part of the brotherhood and community that we do. Um, Tuesday tribes right now, once a month, we also run breath work sessions. You know, I bring in, um, facilitators that run a certain type of breathing technique. It's like an hour long session where we don't talk, uh, but we actually breathe together in a very, very safe container, uh, that for many men who've never done anything like this by itself can be the most transformational thing they've ever experienced. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, if I remember correctly, because I think you did it. Yep. And you're like, holy cow, what was that, right? Um, and so Tuesday Tribes is that. But I just also want to share um, that this is expanding and evolving. It's expanding and evolving right now, brother. You know, this community is very soon going to have a very real home uh, digitally that will have more meetings, um, much clearer curriculum, much clearer ways for you as a participant to identify what your most important goals are and then move forward using our community and our meetings. So it's like really like alive right now where we're, we're, we're iterating this right now. There's going to be other people coming in and offering programs and meetings, not just me. Um, uh, and so it's very exciting, actually. It's, it's a very exciting time. So Tuesday Tribes has just been my weekly meeting, really, you know, where I write, I teach something and then we break it out. It's worked. It works. We're not, that's going to be part of it, but we're just expanding beyond that where the tribes mentality will be infused in the entire brotherhood that's expanding. 
Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I have to like, I was on the first breath work and wow. I was just absolutely blown away. Um, it, you actually really do get really deep emotional stuff working with the breath work. And when were you exposed to something like that? Look, brother, I mean, so, so I remember, I now remember because you, you're, because, you know, I do the breath work now. We've done probably 10 sessions with, with, you know, with the brothers. I have Anya and Dane run it. And, you know, it's, most guys will have a big experience, you know, doing it. And like, I just love seeing after like, like almost like, what was that? And it is in some ways it is, it can be like a year's worth of therapy in an hour, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I've been playing with, this has been my life, John. So I've been playing with practices and techniques like this for decades. Okay. This particular transformational breathing I probably first did 10 years ago, you know, Stan Groff, you know, is kind of the creator of um, this holotropic breath work, which is kind of like a term for this breathing technique. Um, this, this version that you did is a, is a later iteration of that. That's been kind of perfected, you know, by other teachers that I've been playing with for years. I mean, look, you know, when you're talking about healing and transformational work, there's a lot of different ways to go. You know, there is a lot of value in going into these very unique states of mind. There's information there that you'll find. You know, I've gone down into the Amazon and swallowing all kinds of plant medicines with shamans. I've smoked all kinds of things, you know, that, you know, like will take you into places that are very hard to describe using words. And I find value in having those experiences because what they tend to do is like push you further in terms of the understanding maybe of who we are. And then you come back into your life and you just try to integrate it and you try to work forward. Breath work, the reason why I'm bringing it in is that this isn't taking a plant medicine. This isn't taking some drug. You know, This is just using your own breath. When I first did this, I got into a place that just using my own breath, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I had gotten that far. You know, I mean, it was, and for me, an energy builds within my body that is so powerful that I can't even describe it. It's like an engine running. And a lot of guys have all these experiences. So the breath work is like, it's like the, a very pure way using what we have, no alternative sources to get there to really go into a very, very profound state of mind. So yeah, it's big. Yeah, it is. <laughs> We're gonna have millions of guys doing this. I mean, like this, you know, this is big. The breathwork is huge. Inside Tuesday Tribes, what has been the biggest transformation that you've seen? For me or for the men? For the men. You mean like as an individual? As an individual. Oh, well, there's been a lot, brother. There's been some where guys have come in and I didn't realize it, but they were in really tough situations. And I had one guy did an interview recently where he was, I mean, successful guy, he owns a successful business, went through a terrible divorce, you know, like the divorce was taking him away from his daughter, which was his life. And he was thinking about ways to end his life. And then he met us and, you know, he got on the phone with me. He's like, this 100% saved my life. 100% saved my life. 
you know, like without this brotherhood, like it's been my, my linchpin for that. So you, you'll have that. You will have guys that are at the end of the rope in some way, you know, that will come in and, and do that. And, and that's fine. But I actually also love talking about some of the other things that I've seen along the way. When guys see, I've seen some of the most remarkable things in these seven months. You know, this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he came in and, you know, good guy probably 42 years old, like got a nice career, married, you know, kind of, but just not happy, like mediocre, like living that mediocre life. And he came in and I'm pushing him. I'm prodding him. What do you really want? What do you really want? You know, the guy wants to write a book, right? So he took our six week program. And in the six weeks, he took on writing this book that he's had a vision for, for 20 years, 20 years. He had the name of the book. He had the, he knew what he wanted to write, but he just sat there, didn't get it done. He didn't say one word in the six-week program. We would get onto the calls and he was one of the quiet guys. I didn't hear from him. I didn't know what he was working on. He had his accountability partners. So I didn't really talk to him. On the last call, he's like, can I talk? I'm like, yeah. He gets on and, he hold, and he's crying. And he goes, I want to show you what I accomplished. 20 years I've had this idea and here it is. And he holds up his book, the transcript of his book. And he's like bawling, crying. He's like, I haven't had the ability to get this done for 20 years and I just got it done in six weeks, right? Fast forward with this guy, two months later, he quit his job and went back to school and he worked it out with his wife because he realized what he really wanted to do with life is he wanted to get certified, get his master's in counseling. That's what his like real dream was. And he just was honest with his wife. Like, How do we do this? Is it possible that I can, he just posed the question, you know? And yeah, like there's challenges in doing that. You know, that's a hard decision to leave a job and a career at that age and, and then go back to school. But you know what? Like he's following his dream and he got the support. And actually the funny thing with this guy is that all the money problems that he thought he would have aren't in, in existence right, right now. You know, because different types of flow kind of came into him as he kept saying yes. And that's one of the things that I found with this work is that, you know, people ask me, well, what's actually going to happen to me if I say yes? There's a fear there for a lot of guys because it sounds scary to change trajectory because we tend to be creatures of comfort where we want to stay okay in our smallness and our mediocrity. And when you meet someone like me and I'm like, no, let's actually ask the important questions. You start to say, well, what's going to happen if I do start asking those questions? What are the repercussions? And I tell men that that's part of the, that's part of the insidious nature of growth where you're scared to think big. So that's why you stay small, but we need to have you think big. And then you'll make decisions along the way that are just right for you. This doesn't mean that you're going to write a book and quit your job and go back to school. It doesn't mean that a lot of the most powerful transformations I've ever found have been from guys that come in and they'll won't have that story. They'll actually just stay in the same job. They'll stay in the same partnership or whatever but they'll just be different people within it. They'll have a greater appreciation for the moment that they have, right? And that could be very, it doesn't sound sexy, you know, cause I could give you all these other stories of guys are like, holy cow, that happened. But that is very powerful transformation. They're just happier. They're more alive. They found the joy in what they're doing. That's another very deep way to, to experience the transformation. So really it's endless. I mean, there's other stories I could tell you right now that make me laugh and smile. I had a guy the other day, who's in our program right now. And he's like, I just want to share. I had this experience with the IRS. And we're like, oh boy, what happened? 
He's like, you know, I got up, I was doing my practices. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. He's like, I feel alive and happy and in love with people. Okay, I'm like, all right. He's like, so I call the IRS. And I get on the phone with this woman, I'm joking with her, she's joking with me. She says to me, I have never in 25 years working at IRS met someone like you on the call. Like, thank you, you're a gift, right? Like, oh, thank you, you know, I'm just in this program, I'm happy. So they're, good, they're doing their stuff, their IRS stuff. And she's like, you know what? I'm just gonna take care of this for you. He's like, what? He's like, you know, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know what the details were, but basically she just said, you know what? I'm just gonna check off these boxes. Don't worry about it. You know, you're, you're, you got, you're, you're good for right now. You don't need to worry about it. And he's like, are you kidding? He's, and she's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's all good. I can do that, you know, no big deal. And then she hangs up. So he's sitting there on the phone with us being like, huh? You know, like, like, like awe-stricken, you know? I had one last story. I just love these stories. I had one other guy came in. He's going through this terrible divorce. Not terrible, just like a hard divorce. And when, when he was uh, pushing himself to think what he wanted, he eventually wants to meet someone else. So, you know, one of the things that I tell people to do is get specific, like just for fun about what the future is. Like, so, so in that process, he started naming this woman. He's like, her name is Melissa, but she goes by Missy. She's got a couple kids like I do. She got a divorce that was kind of hard, but she's past it. And she's kind of into growth and development, but not really, it's not her whole life. Like she's into it, but like, it isn't like only what she does, right? He's like, and I want to meet that woman, right? So I get on the phone with him. This is like six months later. And he's like, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, I met this woman. Her name is Melissa. She goes by Missy. She's got two kids around my, my kid's age. She got a divorce and she's kind of looking. She's like into growth and development. I told her what we're doing. She loves it. She wants us. He's like, I don't get it. He's like, I mean, so like, like I'll hear stories like that over and over again. I'm like, man, and you hear me, John. I always say there's real magic in the universe. We just have to open ourselves up to it. You know, we forget. We take this life so seriously. It's so strict. It's so like serious and strong that we forget that actually there's like magic everywhere. And all we're doing in Man for Man is allowing guys to tap into it. Sorry for that long answer, but I get excited when I think about the transformations that guys experience. No worries. I love hearing them. It's like some some of them are just like really, wow, I'm so hot. Like, like I can't believe it happened. Yeah. But I'm the type of guy that it's like, I'm glad it happened to you kind of thing. So it's yeah. like, all right, like I like I I want to celebrate with you. And totally. you've got and you've got like some really amazing programs. Um, your warrior activated six day challenge, which I finished two weeks ago. I think it's mm -hmm. been now. Um, it's a very interesting concept in how you go about um, getting people's I, I, the old, the best way that I could personally explain it is getting people's feet wet with this whole kind of work, but I'm going to let you explain what, to the people out there, what the warrior activated six day challenge really is. Yeah. It's really simple. I, I mean, look, you guys are hearing this whole thing, this whole thing, but like, what is it? Like what, what, let's say you're like, Oh, I'm interested. Like, what do I actually, what do I do? You know, how do, how do I get, how do I get started? Um, so we talk about like brotherhood and community in these calls and that's great. But the other thing that kind of makes this unique a little bit is that, you know, I've been working in this field for so long. I wanted to create a curriculum that was like entry level that, when a man raises his hand and says, you know what? I'm ready to do better. I'm ready to try to do better. Okay. Here you go. Let's do this thing. Okay. So I run these live six day events 
Okay. And basically it's, it's an hour of uh, connection, you know, for six straight days. And I teach stuff. It's a, it's a process, right? We start on day one and we end on day six. Okay. And it's extremely vetted. I mean, I've been literally like testing the, these practices for years and years and years. Right. And none of the stuff is brand new. Like, you know, none of it is stuff that I made up. What's unique about warrior activated is this notion that I've just kind of like vetted the best stuff and put it in a particular order that can help men who are struggling in some way or want to do better in some way to do this process to kind of achieve the results that they want. Okay. So it's a very broad platform uh, and a curriculum where guys can use it how they want. Some guys will come in and, you know, they're in a work thing. They're, they're wanting to start the next big thing in work and they want help in terms of how to do it. You know, other guys are going through a divorce or a transition in relationships. They want to go through that faster or better. So guys come in with different issues that they're working on, but it pretty much works across the board, which is what makes it kind of unique. And let me just kind of go ahead and we do it. Uh, and so the program itself is the introduction to this new way of thinking about your life and growth, right? And I've talked a lot about the things here, but there's three main things that happen in Warrior Activated. Number one is we do this process called life blueprinting, where I push guys to think with the end in mind about their lives, okay? And that's the excitement piece. Like I push you, what is it that you want? What is your North star? What happens at the end of this life when you're no longer here? What do you want to have said about you when you're no longer here? Like, right? Like it sounds so simple, but most people have never thought about it that way. Okay, but it's really important that we start there. Number two, we start interrupting all the negative patterns and shifting them to positive patterns, right? And that's the premise of most personal growth work in the world is, well, let's work on mindset, you know? Let's get your mindset happy. Like, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, mindset, happy, you know, states. Yes, like, yeah, absolutely, we gotta do that. You know, the difference here is that we're doing it in conjunction with these other two pieces. So when doing life blueprinting, to me, that gives you leverage to create change because it's very hard just to stop thinking negatively, but it's much easier to stop thinking negatively when you have something exciting to think about. Okay, that's so important. And I think that's, that's what, why this works so well. And then the third piece is the community. The amplifier is the brotherhood, the fact that we're doing it together. So we're activated to me is like this very kind of boot camp like reset for for men that can help us get really clear on what we want and then giving the execution strategy for how to get there the start of the execution strategy because you, you just can't change your entire life in six days but i give a framework by which you can see how you can start achieving bigger and better things in your life um and why the warrior right the last piece i'll share on it is that you know, what I found is that there's these different archetypes within masculinity. There's a great book called The, you know, the Warrior, the King, the Lover, and the Magician, which kind of describes these four different archetypes or lenses of masculinity. Like when we think of the warrior, there's a certain energy, the king, a certain energy, the lover, the magician. These are all parts of ourselves. And I think the warrior is very important for us to activate first. Um, because we need to be able to cut through the most obvious layers of limitation, right? So when we come into this program, we're calling in willpower. I'm calling in guys to take a stand for themselves. I'm calling in guys to cut out the most obvious things that are hurting them. That's a warrior's work. We do other work later, 
But in the beginning, this has to be a, no, I'm going to take this on. You know, I'm a yes to this. That's why you feel me when I do it. It's like very strong. Like do every practice, come in hard, take, soak everything out of this. It's going to work, but you got to work it kind of energy. So that's what the warrior activator program is. Cool. Um, inside of it, um, you actually have each day as a special color kind of day. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, because I have uh, other friends that I'm part of another group that every color has a specific meaning and power to it. Yeah. How did you come up with your color coded days and what do they mean? We're not going to go into too much detail, but just, just briefly, how did you come up with a different colors for the day and yeah. what do they mean per day? Okay. I'm going to go into detail on, on all the days and all that, but, but yeah, I mean, and, and this is just kind of one of those things that's a symbol of the change that we want. Right. So on day one, I call everyone to come in on these zoom calls wearing warrior red. And actually I just did this the first time I did it, you know, I had, man, I don't know how many guys, like maybe 300 guys on that first phone call I was surprised, you know, and I, I look on the zoom call and everyone's in red. I mean, it was like powerful. I was like, wow. And I was in red and we were like, okay. You know, and I think that part of it is just for a short period of time, you know, one of my buddies said to me, you know, I feel like an athlete without a team. You know, that's what he feels like. And I, I understood that. I think a lot of us feel like athletes without a team. And, and I think when we come in and we wear a color for a day, it's like a uniform for a day. It gives us a feeling of connection and camaraderie, right? And there's meaning behind the colors, but it's just that itself, which I think helps. So we come in warrior red and we're, we're, we're fighting today. Like, like Sunday, bloody Sunday, you know, like we're going to go in today and we're doing this, like we're doing it today. All right. Uh, no, no matter what. Um, the other days will represent different things, you know, like when we wear white, you know, on day three, that represents something very different, you know, and it has to do with what we're learning that day. White is freedom. What, what really a lot of us want is freedom. We want freedom. We want liberation. We want to be freaking free. We want to go out and do what we want. And what's interesting is John's uh, experience of freedom is different than Todd's. You know, it's different than whoever's listening. So the different colors represent these different qualities. You know, when we were black on day two, that's because we're going through something that's a little dark, you know, and I'm actually giving a practice that allows you to tap into what that darkness is. It's fine. We need to do that. So the colors are just representations of the practices that we're doing, but I think larger picture, they are um, kind of running this together. We are in this together. We are on the same team and we're just going through this process together. That's awesome. Um, actually, I personally had my own aha moment, uh, on the day two, which uh, you actually got us to write uh, the eulogy. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was an interesting day for me to say the least. Um, where did you find that tool and what was your personal experience the first time you wrote your eulogy? So writing one's own eulogy is um, one of the practices that I'll do in the program. And um, it sounds morbid. You know, when you say it out of context, by the way, it's just like, huh? you know, I know um, that's why I build, it's okay though. Well, that's why we build up to it, you know, cause you got to understand why that's so powerful and so freeing to be able to think about your life with the end in mind and to be able to think what might be written down on a piece of paper or what someone's reading at your own funeral, but not just randomly, 
thinking about it from the context of that you've lived your freaking ideal life. You actually did everything that you thought you were going to do. You actually went beyond your dreams. You achieved big, huge things. And I pushed guys to, to write that document with lightness, with no limitation, just for fun. I'm like, look, you don't have to have that. That, that doesn't have to happen. But let's just for the moment get out of self-limiting thoughts about our lives and think about it. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anyone that teaches this practice like I do. Okay. I mean, and I also didn't make up eulogy writing as a development tool. So maybe I heard about this a long time ago, you know, it was in that first blog that I started and um, somebody mentioned it to me. I did it. There was no instruction. I just went ahead and I wrote my own eulogy and then I ended up posting it and I tagged a bunch of other bloggers and then it kind of went viral. Like thousands of people were then doing it. And, you know, for me, it was very clear, you know, I still go back to that first one that I wrote because I do it every year. I, I go back to that first one and, you know, it's the same thing, you know, like what you start finding is there is something about us as individuals that we do want to achieve. Like we all have a vision of our lives. If we're able to ask it, things will change. Little details might change here and there, but the bigger vision tends to kind of stay the same in some way, or it might even just get bigger, you know, bigger and larger. That's what's happened to me. You know, mine's actually gotten bigger. I'm like, Oh, actually I can go bigger than that. That's exciting. So yeah, that, that's what it was for me. Cool. Um, just so everybody out there listening, I will share something um, quickly. Uh, when I wrote my eulogy, um, I, my aha moment was the different conversation that I had myself 20 years ago, standing on the bridge and sitting in the back of the truck, thinking about pulling the trigger and jumping off the bridge. And right when Todd pushed me to write that eulogy, um, it was just such a different conversation between those two men, such a different conversation. When I was standing on the bridge, I had people fighting over fighting at my corpse and seeing the guys, seeing the guy that I actually landed on the car that I landed on and seeing how I destroyed his life and to be able to, write my eulogy 20 years later and seeing how much of a difference that I'm trying to make and how much I'm trying to push to help someone just become a better version of themselves and be that light in this world. It's just so different. It was just so powerful and so moving for me that it was, it was a hard, it was a, wasn't a hard day. It was just a, it was an enlightening hard day. So for that, Todd, I thank you so much, brother. That was so beautiful, that... brother. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you did the work. You know, guys will come and say, thank you. I'm like, you know what? You're doing this, man. You're the one that didn't jump. You're yeah. the one that's taking the time to self-reflect and why you would have and what it's like not to. Like, this is you, brother. You, you're just now free to really explore these ideas in the context of, all right, man, I'm going to live a long freaking life. What do I want to do? That's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting, right? Look, you see that smile? Just smile at John Ash right now. That's what I'm always looking for, right? You know, like I'll interview these guys and on my side and I'm like watching that smile that I'm up to something. You don't even know how big this can get. I love that because I know what you're feeling. You want to set the word on fire. You want to do your thing. You want to really help guys transform. I get it. It's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, you also have another amazing program, the Achievement Accelerator, which I am half just beginning the halfway mark. Um, what created what what pushed you to create this program? Well, so yeah, the it's very simple. Um, you know, when we do the six day, which I really hold as like this very basic kind of like boot camp for any man that wants to start really, really writing the ship that's in alignment with the higher and better vision of one's life. Um, what I found is that that's great. You know, and it's really enlightening. You can have those moments like you just shared in there, but how do we really make change? How do we really make change? That's what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is really helping to accelerate the change that's going to happen for, for our men. And really by taking the stuff that we learned in the sixth day and then doubling down on it and adding some more stuff in, but then having it become a project that you are now choosing in your own life as a symbol for the new changes that you're committing to, right? In warrior activation and making a better change. The sixth week is really an opportunity to ground in uh, what you started in the sixth day uh, and to actually have it be based around some project that you'll choose, you'll identify. Some guys, it'll be work-related. Like, hey, I want more sales this month. You know, I'm going to triple my sales this month. I have guys, I, I have a guy that came in and for him, it was around selling his service. And in the month that he did this, he had 650 sales in the six weeks where in the previous six months, he had 200 sales. Okay, because a lot of it is just creating structure that enables you to move faster. So for him, that's what that was. Other guys, it might be a project like, well, I got a room in my house that's been needing redecorating for like a year. I've just been sitting on it. I'm going to use this six weeks as an opportunity to apply everything that I'm learning here, this new mindset, this new way of being, this new excitement, and do this room because I know it falls into the bigger picture of what I want to create for my house or my home. And other guys might use this as an opportunity to um, improve a relationship that they're dealing with, whether work-wise or, um, you know, at home and they'll have, and I push you to have really specific objectives with it as well. So the project orient is important because while we're thinking about the long-term planning, we need to be working from here forwards while also envisioning from the end backwards. And that's why this works so well. So the six week program is an accelerator because I'm saying to guys come in here and really take this on. I'm going to give you the best stuff you've ever seen in terms of like development things. And you're going to take on something in your own life. The other thing that's, that really makes the, the six week unique is the accountability partner as, aspect. You know, we make sure that all the guys in the groups have two or three other men that they're connected with in the process that they can connect with on WhatsApp, on Zoom, on phone, text, email, whatever outside of the times that we meet in the program. And, and those are intimate relationships that can be nurtured and growth to really support each other. So it's just a deeper experience of the growth that's possible. And the guys that do that are the one, you know, I mean, for the most part, that's where boom, like you really amplify because six days is great, but you know, I think that what can get accomplished in the six weeks is what will get accomplished for the six months for the guys that don't take the six week. You know, I think you could just achieve things faster. That's why I call it the achievement accelerator. Um, I, like I said, like I'm halfway through it and uh, I just, um, 
it's it's quite interesting because I'm actually I am working on a project, and um, what is it? Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm working actually on something similar, but not exactly like what you're doing. But I'm doing it more on Discord, okay. and yeah. um, just try to get a bunch of guys and just you know workshop through stuff and work help them out through pro- through problems. What I actually find interesting is that while I'm working on this. I'm starting to see I'm starting to see a lot of my own personal stuff like uh you know with with everything that's going on inside of me how what about you what have you seen with other guys being able to transform themselves what do you mean um I'm not going to name his name, but I know who you, I, I know he's just finished the, 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 uh, he's been through his own personal transformation. Okay. So it, it's, it's quite fascinating to be able to see that kind of stuff. Um, we'll go to the next question. Um, yeah. The one thing that you actually love to say throughout everything, and you've been saying it through this is yes. Mm-hmm. And I've asked you this last week. Can't that get exhausting? Yeah. It's a really good question. So you see, John, I, you might have seen it. Come we're, we're both tapping our chest here and we're going, yes. It's actually a technique that we have, you know, that we do in our programs. And it's part of the core ethos of, uh, and, and I'm going to get to John's question because it's a good one, um, of this idea of saying yes, saying yes to your life, you know, of like, of always showing up. And this is a symbol, you know, like, all right, yeah, like I do this and I nod my head up and down and we get on our calls and we're like, yes, we got this. Like, yes, we got this, right? And I think that what the yes is to is not something specific because John's question when he came back was, well, I got this guy that wants to partner with me, you know, to help me, you know, be a part of what I'm doing, but he doesn't feel like a right match, and I'm, not, and I'm not saying that happened to you, but it was something like that. But I'm supposed to sit there and say yes. Like, so do I just say yes to everything that's coming into me? You know, and that was a good question because the way that I hold the yes is a larger yes to the journey. And the journey has ups and its downs. And the call of greatness for modern men is not just saying yes to everything, but actually saying yes to the greatest unfolding of oneself. And that greatest unfolding oneself definitely requires boundaries, like clarity. When you do this work with us, you get really clear on the vision and you start executing on your vision, the bigger vision, okay? And we give you ways and tools to execute on the bigger vision. Things are gonna come come in along the way that will either be a yes or a no, but those yeses and nos are little ones, right? There are little yeses and nos. What you're saying yes to is that big vision. What you're saying yes to is that bigger version of yourself. You're not saying yes to overwhelming your system with people and circumstances that aren't leading you higher and higher. That's not what we're saying yes to. When I actually gave you a specific answer to that, I said, for you, John, for guys out there, it's actually the yeses to creating healthy boundaries. That's a yes. What's interesting about it, right, is that saying yes to learning how to create healthy boundaries is also a no to certain people that may want to collaborate with you. So it's a yes and a no. 
It said yes to creating healthy boundaries. It said no to life-draining situations. It's a really good question, but one that I want you to look at from a much larger perspective. Okay, what, when, we, when we say yes and man for man, it's yes to our life. It's yes to growth. It's yes to our biggest possibility. It's yes to like the biggest dreams coming true. All right, I'm really good at saying no all day long to things that don't serve that. And I don't lose one ounce of sleep over it. Because if I'm saying yes to something that isn't resonant with me, it's not gonna be resonant for them. And we're just in a terrible loop with something that isn't working. It's not good for me or them. Okay, so the yes is a universal yes to growth. Have there been times that I've wanted to go back to sleep and it's like too hard, oh my God, I'm always growing, I'm always transforming. Look, I'm just tapping you into the truth. You are always growing and transforming. The cells of your body are constantly regenerating at basically the speed of light, including your brain cells, your heart cells, right? We are constantly changing. For those of you that have kids out there, if any of you do, you can watch a child grow. It's, it's like crazy. Every day it's different. You can't believe it. So the yes is to that. I'm all about not fighting with life, but just surrendering into the unfolding. I'm sick of fighting. What's the fight? I'm growing. I'm evolving. I'm changing. I'm navigating. I'm yes to that. I'm not fighting it. That's the yes. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping it up now. Um, I always ask my, all my guests, these, uh, six or seven questions. And it's just to get a, your perspective on these questions. So, uh, with the increase in people suffering from depression, from the uncertainty over the past year, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Well, yeah, it's been, well, number one, I want to start off with empathy, you know, because I can come on here and I come on to my calls and it's very exciting. It's very positive. Um, and look, shit's real, you know? So, so number one, I think honoring the very real pain and struggle and challenging circumstances is absolutely necessary. This is not, what we do is not a place to bypass problems even the yes is not just bypassing problems that we have. There could be people that we've worked with who have lost their job and they got kids at home. Like, what are they going to do? Okay. So number one, we start with what is. Okay. Uh, and, and we just begin there and we just kind of take a deep breath. Say, okay, this is what is right now. No matter what, maybe things are hot for me and good, or maybe things are tough. All right. This is what it is right here. All right. The yes that we just talked about is what's hopeful because we can always do better. We can always tap into pathways and trajectories that are more inspiring, that are more full of hope. Hope can never be killed off. It's just, it is, it's a frequency of, of being. It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a type of mindset. Freedom, hope, abundance. These are words that we use that sound very, inspiring, but we can actually tap into that way of being in our mind. Do that work. Do that work. And then habituate that work. Constantly shifting your orientation. So that way you are hopeful, you are excited, you are joyful. And you know what, if you're sitting there thinking, man, this guy's just full of crap. He's not in my situation. 
you don't think that I've been talking with and working with men that are in really dire situations. You're wrong. I have. And I do this. And it is work. And it isn't easy all the time. And you know what? The outcomes can be glorious. <laughs> you know it, John. You were mm-hmm. standing over a bridge 20 years ago. So you know the shift that's possible, okay? So yeah, I, I guess the biggest point of hope is just relax, breathe. It's okay. You know, it's actually all good. It really is. It's, it could seem like the world is falling apart. In those moments, it's actually the moments of greatest transformation. So when things seem the worst, new things are being born. I was in there when my daughter was born. That was not easy for anybody. That was terrifying. I mean, I, I can't even believe that every one of us came that way, by the way. Birth is messy and hard and painful. And guess what came out? My daughter. That's pretty damn good. Okay, we all came out the same way. That's part of the process. We are not separate from that process of death and rebirth. Let's just remember that. So whatever situation you're in, I get it. I'm not here to tell you not to feel bad or down, but there's hope, you know, and you have the power to change your life. Sorry, you do. And that should be exciting. Awesome. Uh, Where do you see man for man in the next five years? Millions of men. Millions of men uh, on, on this platform. You know, it's, um, it's big, you know, because we, we, need, we need this. We need this tribe. We need a tribe. We need tribes to connect with. There are, are all kinds of leaders coming in to support the mission uh, in various ways. There will be all different kinds of curriculum and offerings on there. It just won't be what I do at all. It's already changing right now. Um, you know, we'll have at least one annual conference a year where we get together, which is going to be like, my vision is like when Steve Jobs would get up there every year for Apple and talk about the next Apple stuff, we're going to be getting up there and talking about like the power of this new and, and evolved masculine energy that's roaming the planet. Us, what's next for us? It's going to be freaking amazing. I see local chapters popping up. Our platform that we're building uh, is the most incredible thing I ever saw because it gives people the ability to connect locally. So I think there'll be a lot of local action um, with men that are connected with this larger community, but different ways for them to connect uh, regionally, locally, physically uh, when we can. So I, I think it's a sprawling network of uh, connection and brotherhood uh, that has a shared value structure that will have limitless ways to connect. Um, and I think it's just emerging right now. Like, I don't know what that will look like per se, but I just know that's what's emerging right now. So yeah, millions and millions of men from around the world will be involved in this community in this, in these tribes. Nice. Nice. What about you personally? Well, I'll be running it to start. I mean, I want to, you know, I mean, this is my life. This is what I want to be doing, whether I'm going to be the one running it over the long term, probably not. I'm in there. I told you before we got on, I mean, I'm, I look, this is a mentoring coaching platform where people come on here to get mentored and coached and find structures. I am also getting my own coaching and mentorship from people that are helping me. And, you know, I'm in that right now where I'm seeing what my own role within this is. And right now I'm 
teaching these curriculum and then building the platform. And when that gets to a certain place, I will then also most likely evolve and iterate my own role. And I don't know what that is. I have ideas, but it'll probably um, shift. And that's good. You know, I'm happy with what that would be. And maybe I want to stay involved more on a day-to-day. I don't know, but we'll see. If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? 20? Yeah. 20. Yeah, I'm thinking um, thinking where I was at 20. I was like a senior in college, let's say. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I think what I would tell my 20-year-old self, that's an interesting age, because that guy was already pretty pretty good. He was pretty good. He hadn't been beaten down yet by life. Um, you know, stay curious, you know, to do the work to find the bigger vision of what you want to do with this life. You know, I, I think that if I can look back and say, man, I wasted so much time, you know, da, da, da. I could have, I could have gotten to this level of clarity much sooner, you know, but that's, you know, I have no regret on it. But I think if I were to call him, I'd say, look, like take it a little bit more seriously in terms of trying to figure out what it is you really want to do, you know, like at, at, make that really a part of your investigation, you know, instead of just like not thinking about it at all. Cause I wasn't thinking about it at all at that, at that point, just like, Oh, whatever. So that's probably what I'd say. I'd still say, have fun, do your thing, but you know, like try to find the bigger picture of things sooner. Cool. Uh, what keeps you up at night? nothing i sleep like a baby <laughs> love that answer. i sleep really well i mean um look it's it's ridiculous for me to say i don't have stresses and anxieties like things come up you know i mean thinking about something that bad happening to my wife and daughter it's hard for me to go there that wouldn't keep me up at night that would that would devastate me you know so um you know, that, that would keep me up at night, but I, you know, that's probably a universal thing, you know, for wanting your loved ones to be okay. Um, but like, just like in the practical way of thinking about that, you know, I'm playing the long game. You know, I, I, we started this, this, this off with those six tenants I'm playing the, I'm playing the long game. When you play the long game, you don't sweat the small stuff anymore. You just kind of realize, all right, like this is a long game. I'm in it. I'm learning. I'm growing. It's going to be ups and downs. It'll be this, it'll be that. And you're cool with it. And you create a system by which you can live that way. You have to create a system by which you can live that way. Okay. That takes a little time, but I have that system. I feel like I can live that way. So I feel okay. So I don't really, I don't really stay up that. I don't really stay up that night at night worrying about stuff. Uh, Where can people find more about you? Well, you can go to manforman.us. Man for M-A-N-F-O-R-M-A-N.us. You know, I have an ebook that I wrote that's on the main site called The Manifesto, you know, and that's a really good 60 page download that really talks about the ethos and philosophy of what we're talking about here. That's a really good piece. If you want something that'll be like, all right, what is this new man? What is this new thing that you're talking about? That ebook kind of describes it. You can also join one of our upcoming Warrior Challenges. They're free right now, you know, and charge for them. We're building out our membership platform, which is going to have thousands of guys in it within the next month or two. So there's going to be all these ways to connect, you know, sign up for our email list. 
you know, just, just somewhere, you know, give your email in so you can stay, uh, you know, connected with us and just say yes, you know, be a part of it. And uh, I will post all your links with the show notes. So everybody has easy access to, uh, to you and to your platform. Um, Any final thoughts? Well, I just want to appreciate you, you know, for, for coming in and, and, uh, you're not somebody that's just interviewing me. You're somebody that's saying yes. Uh, you're somebody that look, John, you, you came in through a referral. Like somebody said, Hey, you got to check this out. You signed up for Tuesday tribes without even knowing who I was basically. Right. It was like that, like, boom, you know, all right, I'm in. I want to honor that. That's really, really beautiful. You know, and, and what it does, like, look what it does. Like it creates this interview. Like, it's like, all right, like, let's talk about what you want to do, you know, like in terms of this men work, you know, how are there ways that we can, you know, kind of collaborate and all that? Like, you know, you're an example of the yes in action. It might not just be easy. You might be questioning stuff, that's fine, but you're saying the yes. So I want to honor that. So thank you. Well, thank you, Todd. Um, and I appreciate you for everything that you do. Um, I said yes, because it was a no brainer for me. I needed a community. I knew what it means. I know now what it means to be a part of community. I also know what it means to be a part of the wrong community. Mm. And, and like we said in the very beginning, uh, there's uh, no matter how much of a instructor that you think that you are, you still need to be a student and I am your student. So I appreciate you as a, as a, as an instructor, as a teacher, as a mentor, I appreciate you for everything that you do with man for man. And I look to, I look, I very look forward to see what you're, what you're going to be doing with this in the future. Yeah, brother. Good. Good stuff. Thank you. Big love. Big yes. So uh, going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, You will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and family members. If you know of someone who is suffering from depression, please share this with them as well, as it may help them realize that there is help out there and that they are not alone. Also, please be so kind and give us a five-star rating on wherever you may be listening and some comments as your feedback is highly appreciated. Thank you again for supporting our mission to speak out and find solutions about men's mental health issues and stay tuned for more amazing stories from real people that are just like you.